on another episode of the Middle Line Ice Softball Podcast and recapping a fun afternoon in Bartonville. Metamora Softball uh, goes on the road and defeats Limestone 7 to nothing this afternoon. Nora Johnson throwing a 12 strikeout, complete game one hitter. Uh, so obviously an awesome job by her. Actually, uh, Went nine up, nine down, first time through the order. And a walk and a single in the fourth inning actually ended up being her only base runners. Uh, So nice job by Nora this afternoon, no doubt. Um, As I'll allude to in a little bit in my post-game interview with Coach Linder, I'm just kind of talking about how something funky uh, always happens uh, when we play over in Bartonville. And... I, I wouldn't really say this was too extreme of a um of an occurrence, if you will. Um, but Limestone had a tough second inning defensively. Metamora four runs, one hit, but four limestone errors. Um two of which were uh, Metamora batters reaching on and two or three were Metamora batters reaching on. An additional one uh, was on a fielding error um, while the play was still going on. So a bit of a rough second inning, but it ended up being the difference maker for Metamore, even though the margin was seven. I still think that kind of gave them the momentum they needed. And Nora Johnson led off the second inning, talking about how great she was in the circle, haven't even gotten to how she did at the plate, led off that second inning with a solo home run and come to find out her first varsity home run. So uh, congratulations to her on that nod. And that kind of spurred things the rest of the inning. Maddie Mooney, Lauren Riddle uh, both reached on errors. Uh, Kennedy Knee was hit by a pitch actually twice today. Uh, So uh, leads the team in that category, Uh, not just today, but uh, for the grand scheme of things for the season. I kind of made the quip on the air. It's not part of the highlight package, but still wanted to make note of it. Uh, Probably not exactly a category that you'd like to lead in. I mean, I suppose it's a runner on base, but at the same time, you know, maybe not the favorite way of getting on base per se. Uh, But Kennedy uh, hit twice today, but that one of those two was uh, part of that that four-run second inning. Uh, Cadence Till reached on a E5 plus an E7, um, and that's kind of where the runs just about stopped before a Katie Ramage RBI ground out, uh, part of her three successful plate appearance day, if you will. Technically was retired on that RBI ground out, but an RBI is an RBI, uh, so good day for her, and that's what wrapped up the positivity of the second inning eight batters uh came to the plate uh they only went one two three once today and that was um in the third but bounced back nicely maddie mooney had a hit um in the fourth and then redbirds kind of jumped back on board um in the fifth uh kind of giving as if nora didn't have enough confidence in the circle um she had that bottom of the fourth i mentioned where her only two base runners for the game happened uh, with the Phoebe Sewell walk and an Abby Heerman single. But after that bottom of the fourth, Redbird Bats uh, boosted her confidence, maybe even more so. 
Uh, Katie led off the inning with a walk. Ellie Schaefer, an RBI double. Carrick and Harton did a single. Uh, and Nora continuing what ended up being a two RBI day for her uh, with an RBI sack fly. Goes out, no big deal. Tosses another nine up, nine down over the fifth, sixth, and seventh innings for the Rockets. Um, and over that same time frame, uh, Metamora scores one more run um, in the top of the seventh on um, a combination of well, what led to it, rather, was an Ellie Schaefer single, Kerrigan Hartnett single. Uh, Nora had a sacrifice to move him in the scoring position. Uh, Bree Bessert came in the hit, reached on an E5. She had already been in the game defensively, I should clarify at first. Uh, Maddie Mooney, fielder's choice, uh, which I believe scored that run. Could be wrong. It's been, it's been a couple hours trimming through highlights and whatnot, but... Um, and that's uh, that was that for Metamora before another, like I said, another one, two, three inning uh, for Nora in the seventh, which included her twelfth strikeout of the game, a third consecutive outing by Redbird pitching, striking out ten or more. I mentioned that stat on the air. Uh, Nora struck out eleven uh, in the first game against Loyola. Sydney struck out twelve, and Nora matched that uh, with twelve today. And I think part of the emphasis on just how well um, Metamora did today uh, has to do, or like in terms of validating um, how much I'm emphasizing how well they did at the plate today, was who they did it against. And that's Liz Groove, who I don't know the exact number. I know entering the game this afternoon had a sub-2 ERA. I think it was like 1.4 something. Uh, so one of the better averages, uh, one of the better ERAs in the conference, um, and I believe still top five in the league in strikeouts as well. Uh, Metamora looks like only struck out three times, uh, and like I said, totaled the nine hits and seven runs. So they were doing a really good job against, I still think, one of the conference's better pitchers. I think she just ran into a bit of a buzzsaw of a lineup this afternoon. Um, but I think that's, again, a further testament to just how well uh, Metamora did this afternoon. Um, part of Nora's 12 strikeouts, a stat I always like looking at, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five of her seven innings featured two or more strikeouts. Um, and so a good stat for Nora there as well, who moves to... 8-1 in the circle with the win. And again, nearly a perfect game. Um, nearly a no-hitter um, as well. Allowing just the walk and single in the fourth. Mentioned, um, do want to make sure uh, they get their mention. Phoebe Sewell and Abby Heerman, as I mentioned briefly. Uh, the base runners for Limestone in the game. Sewell drew a walk in the fourth. Uh, and Abby Heerman with a single. Uh, in that bottom of the fourth as well. So Metamora moves to 14-3 and three overall, 4-1 and one in the league. We'll get to the rest of the conference um, after our broadcast highlights and post-game interviews as well. Uh, Limestone falls to 3-7, and 0-6 oh in the middle line. Uh, interesting stat, and if you listen to the broadcast, I mentioned this on the air as well. Uh, counting tonight... That was Limestone, just the second loss in the league uh, by more than one run. Um, 
The Redbirds beating them 7 nothing, and I believe it was Dunlap uh, defeated them by two runs. Um, but other than that, uh, every loss of theirs in the conference had been by just one run. And that includes, I believe, East Peoria. Um, but still, the point being that they've been so close to getting that first conference win so many times. Uh, so as that as that stat kind of continues to grow as the season progresses, uh, you got to imagine that they're right on the doorstep of eventually knocking that first W down. You just don't know uh, who it's going to be against. So, as we mentioned yesterday, and as I've kind of alluded to here to this point of the episode, it's another post-game broadcast episode. Uh, so, post-game broadcast episode means we got some broadcast highlights to get to. So, here are the highlights from this afternoon's broadcasting in Metamora, a 7 nothing winner at Limestone. Groob's pitch. Swung on, feet fly ball, left field. It is gone! A solo home run for Nora Johnson to lead off the top of the second inning. Nora touches home and the Redbirds lead 1-0. Oh, one to Lauren, bunt is down. It's gonna be a good one and an errant throw again. An, e an E2 goes to the right field corner and the Redbirds might score on this. Lauren Riddles all the way to third and Allie Trentman is in safely. First pitch swing, grounds it right through the glove of Annie Thornton. A three-error, make it a four-error inning for Limestone as it gets away from the left fielder. Cadence reaches on the E5, then there's an advancement on the E7. Two and two, the count to Katie. Liz Groob's next pitch. Swung on, hard ground ball off the glove of O'Neill. She gets back to the first base bag in time, but a run does score. It'll be an RBIG three for Katie. Addie Thornton trying to battle back. Nora trying to end the inning. Payoff pitch. Called strike three at the top of the zone, and the inning is over. First pitch of the inning. Swung on, hard ground ball in through. Up the left side, just out of the reach of a diving Sewell. And Ellie Schaefer has her second hit of the day. Leadoff single here in the seventh. The 1-1 groove to Besser. Swung on a little number down the third baseline. This could be an interesting play. Thornton over to first. Not in time. It's an E5. And Coach Linder is going to send Ellie Schaefer and Kerrigan Hartnett as well. So the E5 and Breeze also going to go up to second on the throw. Ellie Schaefer is in. And it's 7-0 Metamora here in the top of the seventh. Johnson to O'Neill. Swung on and missed, and the ball game is over. Nora Johnson throws a complete game one hitter with, let's see, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve strikeouts for Nora. And again, a complete game one hitter for Nora with those 12 Ks. Final line scores for both teams. Metamora, seven runs, nine hits, no errors, and eight runners left on base. For the Rockets, no runs, one hit. Five errors and two runners left on base. Time of the game, one hour and 20 minutes. And obviously a fun game to call. 
And kind of like I said, uh, talking about uh, the overall talent um, of Liz Groob in the circle and just how special I think that makes uh, Metamora's seven runs scored today uh, and how productivity was basically up and down the lineup uh, in terms of you couldn't really pinpoint whether it was the bottom half doing something or the top half doing something. There was just a little bit uh, sprinkled one through nine, which was great to see. Um, speaking of nine, and of course we've already talked about her performance a number of times, the seven-inning, one-hit, 12-strikeout performance in the circle uh, for Nora Johnson, uh, her second consecutive outing, third overall for the program uh, of 10 or more strikeouts. Here is our post-game interview with Nora Johnson. Now joined by Nora Johnson, and you had the 12 strikeouts today. Obviously, that was working pretty well. Um, good spots as well. Wasn't necessarily, you know, you were kind of working the zone as well. Yeah. Kind of talk about what was working so well for you today. Um, I would definitely say my rise ball was definitely jumping today at the right times. My screwball was really coming in, and I had a good curve on my curveball today. Obviously, anytime you're just at least getting outs in the first place is yeah. great. But when you're working the strike at element of the game, what kind of confidence can that give you when it gets to that extent? Um, it gives you the confidence that you can like throw, you can throw the ball to them and have that movement, and they're gonna swing and miss it, and that just gives you that confidence. And especially with my defense behind me, I know that I can throw those pitches. How important was this win, considering, shall we say, how the last conference game went? <laughs> um, very important. We needed to come out and do this against them. All right, Nora, we'll talk to you on, well, if we don't know, we'll talk to you. We'll see how much the weather cooperates. Yep. But actually, I will ask you that question. How, how are you kind of approaching? Because you know you'll probably start one of these next two games, Normal or East Peoria. How do you kind of approach that as a pitcher when you don't know, will the game happen? Will I pitch today? Or do you just kind of just, it's whatever, and we play if we play? Um, I approach it how, so I always say to myself, you're going to pitch every game just so I'm mentally prepared. And... I just go into every game thinking that I'm going to have the starting like the starting out there, and then I just go for it. Go for it. All right, let's hope those games do happen. Yep. Nora, thanks for the time. Nice job today. Thank you. And, yeah, I, I wanted to make sure I got that question in there for Nora, and I thought she handled it quite well and gave a pretty well-rounded answer, all things considered. Um, but I think one of the interesting things to uh, look into for the rest of the weekend, talking about uh, the uncertainty of the status of some of Metamora's games the rest of the week, is how do you handle that? Maybe not necessarily uh, top to bottom or overall as an athlete, but somebody that's relied upon as heavily in the circle as a pitcher. Um, and kind of curious to get... Nora's perspective on that because if she doesn't start tomorrow, in fact, I think Sydney's the scheduled starter, um, she'll obviously start Thursday against East Peoria, but that game uh, doesn't look great either um, in terms of Mother Nature's cooperation or lack thereof. Uh, so we'll see kind of how the rest of the week is jumbled up. East Peoria will likely play at Metamora this week one way or another. Why do I mean that? They'll you know, they're part of the Margie Wright Showcase. I'll get into it in a little further detail, uh, more towards the end uh, of this episode. 
Um, but kind of a, a busy week, uh, and I, I allude to it here in just a little bit. Uh, very busy week for Metamora if everything happens on schedule. Yesterday, that being Monday as we record this on Tuesday night, uh, yesterday the only day this week with Mother Nature in full cooperation that the Redbirds will not have a game scheduled. Uh, so really interesting week for the Redbirds and excited to get that perspective, but also talk about the win, of course, with head coach Derek Linder. <laughs> now joined by head coach Derek Linder and coach um so let's assess something always funky happens when we play here I I suppose the four run one hit four error inning classifies as crazy but just kind of talk about how regardless of scoring decisions how well you guys capitalized in those situations today yeah it usually happens though against us here true not in our favor so it was nice to get one in our favor but you know we hit the ball right on the button we hit a cut the ball hard to people a couple times and didn't get something out of it. So, you know, that's part of the game. I mean, Kerrigan, Kerrigan did it a couple times. Uh, Caden smashed that ball in the first one. You know, and then Katie had a couple hard hits too. That, You know, it's just one of them things. We'll get there, and, and we're just missing the ball a little bit, and, and we'll get going. How about Nora today? The 12 strikeouts, obviously the the one hitter as well. What, what was so special about her this afternoon? Well, it's neat sitting back here. It's neat always at Limestone because you get to sit behind the plate here because of the dugouts the way they are, and you get to see it. And she's got an awful lot of movement right now. You know, really, she didn't have their, her changeup, which is probably her best pitch going. And, um, you know, she threw a little bit effectively at the end. But, you know, it was the movement pitches that really did a nice job. And kind of talk about how important that is, that she can kind of flirt with any corner of the strike zone for the most part other than, you know, being pretty central. That's the thing is she's only a sophomore, but, you know, you've really seen a lot of growth in her uh, since her, her freshman year and where she's going back inside and she's hitting all corners and she's, you know, believing in, you know, four pitches now. And that's nice to see. That heart of the order was huge for you today. You talk about the uh, Kerrigan couple hits. Katie had two hits and an RBI ground out. Ellie had another awesome game, RBI two hits in total. Kind of talk about what importance it is when the middle of the order shows up per se like it should. Well, yeah, you're, you're, you're looking at that. And the thing is we got to do that because we got to protect Cadence. And, and uh, if they want to pitch around her, um, you know, we got to have that going, and, and it's nice to see us do that. The other thing is Kennedy's so stinking fast at the front that if they keep hitting her, you know, that's a great thing because now they, there's all kinds of problems that they've got. How, and I, I asked Nora this as well. How huge from a mental toughness perspective was this win considering how things went at Pekin in the last conference game? It's just nice getting started. I mean, Pekin's a long time ago. We've sure. you know, played two very, very good teams since then, but uh, – you know, it's it's always nice to start the week with that, and um, you know, get a get a win under your belt going into uh, a very very tough couple of games here. Normal community is a lot more important than people think because uh, LPs played them, and a couple other people played them in our subsection that we don't play, and so it's going to be a head to head seating. And kind of talk about how you approach the rest of the week as a coach because it's a really busy week. Um, weather is certainly going to play a factor, I think. Um, but you got a really good normal community team tomorrow, Big EP Wednesday, Tremont Friday, U-High Saturday. How are you approaching this week as a coach when, other than yesterday, you're not play you're playing games day by day? Um, you just keep taking it day by day, and you don't worry about the whole week. That's the nice thing that we get to do in softball. The baseball doesn't have the opportunity to do baseball. they got to plan out their whole week and really you know worry about that in arms. You know, we, especially us with two – good arms you know we can we can go every day and keep people fresh all right coach thanks for the time and hope
hope to talk to you tomorrow. We'll see how well the Mother Nature cooperates. And you don't quite hear it there um, at the end of Coach and I's interview, primarily because I cut it off in the editing process. Um, but... He alludes to the likelihood, if he had the pick between uh, Normal Community and East Peoria, that tomorrow's game with the Lady Iron is the more likely of the two um, in terms of happening as scheduled. Um, one thing that, frankly, I didn't know about, um, but I would assume is your, um, or I would assume has been a thing for some time, is the Middle Illini softball rainout policy. Um, and that's the assuming the Metamore East Peoria game gets rained out um, on Thursday, it would automatically get moved to Monday. I did not know that there was a set rainout date uh, for the conference, but then again, in the grand scheme of things, I'm still starting to get a little uh, more commonly associated with the conference, um, kind of where I have been at with girls basketball, um, but it's just starting to get to that point in the conference for girls or for softball rather uh, so just trying to familiarize myself uh, with all of that all right so our out of town segment if you will is going to be very interesting um, and you may ask well why do you say that um, game changers down <laughs> um, I thought there was a little bit of a suspicion uh, surrounding uh, some of the way scores were coming in tonight in fact I, I wouldn't think she'd mind me disclosing this. I even had to text uh, Stephanie Lawson over at Washington and uh, ask for her final score of their game against Dunlap because their game changer had frozen up. And upon further inspection, even East Peoria's had frozen up uh, to retrieve their final score of their game against Morton. Now the only difference is there's said bottom of the seventh, so it's pretty self-explanatory. Home team leading 9-3. to three. Game changer freezes in the bottom of the seventh. Obviously the bottom of the seventh never happened. Perhaps they just didn't say that the game went final. Um, so a little bit of a different situation there. Um, but we do at least have final scores to get you to. Uh, and I do have that uh, Meadow Terry struck out 11 because... You know, before things went completely down, at least on my end, um, I was at least able to pull her stat lines. I was kind of curious to see uh, with the score how she did. So all things considered, even allowing three runs, um, that she did pretty awesome uh, in the circle. And I think any time, and I'm sure Danae Menzioni would say this if I was there this afternoon, uh, anytime your pitcher's getting you 10-plus Ks in the circle like Metamora has done in the last three games straight, uh, you certainly uh, cannot complain. Uh, so this is the way we'll do it. Uh, kind of a screwy out-of-town uh, segment tonight, but with Game Changer being down, this is what you kind of have to roll with. Um, final scores from the conference today. Uh, number seven, Washington defeats Dunlap 4 to nothing. We um, That was the game that I wasn't quite sure had gone final. Uh, Coach confirmed that for me. want to thank her for that. Uh, of course, we've already talked about Metamore defeating Limestone 7 to nothing. Uh, number 4 East Peoria over Morton 9 to 3. Talking about Meadow Terry's 11 strikeouts. And Pekin, a narrow 1 nothing winner at Canton, by the way. Um, not always easy to uh, get a win there, but Pekin pulls it out and gets the job done. So. Updated standings um, in the Middle Illinois Conference. Uh, 
Metamora now 14-3 overall, 4-1 in the league. Washington 6-3 overall, 4-1 in the league. East Peoria has the overall record lead at 15-3, 4-1 in the conference. Dunlap drops out of that tie atop the league, uh, but they're still right there. 10-4 overall, 3-2 in the league. Pekin, 7-2 overall, 3-2 in the league. Canton, 6-6 six six overall, 2-4 in the league. Morton, 2-6 overall, 1-4 in the league. And Limestone, I I frankly do not care that we're basically halfway through the league schedule already. I want to emphasize, get back to the fact that four of those six are by one runs, or by one run. Can't even get my grammar out right. That first win will come. I would not be surprised if it's somebody that you maybe quote-unquote wouldn't expect it to happen against. Because I, I, I'm going to keep preaching it until maybe that number gets even bigger. But this is a very dangerous team in the conference at 0-6. I'm not wavering any doubt on them. In fact, I was talking about uh, Dunlap. How, you know, today was kind of a put-up-or-shut-up game for them. I, I think um, even though they did get shut out, I think the run spread was definitely much more competitive this go-around against the Panthers um, at Washington, no less, um, where uh, as opposed to their game against East Pure, I didn't really let things spiral at all, kept them, kept them at a competitive margin. I like to use the phrase r- Grand Slam run range in terms of are you keeping it to where a Grand Slam could do no worse than tie the game, and uh, that's, well, what the, or a Grand Slam would do no better than tie the game, kept it at least in that competitive margin there. Uh, so... Uh, I I would say overall maybe it's kind of hard to be pleased with a win, but I certainly think a competitive margin uh, for Dunlap despite getting shut out uh, at Washington tonight, so I still kind of put them uh, there. And looking at maybe a brief update of my Middle-Eye Power Rankings, um, Metamora, um, I kind of put them at a 1.5 as maybe, maybe... not a true solid one. I still think with that loss to Pekin, uh, it, it kind of hangs there. Uh, but they bounced back nicely today, so I still think I put them at one. Um, all things considered, with the limitations in the circle, um, and this is a bit of an update from past power rankings, I'm going to put East Peoria at number two, uh, slide them up a spot. Um, and that's no disrespect to Washington. I've just been you know, even more impressed with East Peoria. Again, all due respect to them. Uh, than I thought I would be uh, with their limitations in the circle. Um, their pitching staff un- until Emily Compton's healthy right now has been Meadow Terry at the one, Kiara Brown at the two, and Kalen Gore at the three. Uh, and I-, I think those three, I mean, shoot, I mentioned in a uh, post-game episode interview with Coach Menzioni that uh, all things considered, I mean, if everybody was healthy, that uh, Kaylin Gore might not see a pitch at the varsity level, and the one game I did get to see her pitch, she crushed it. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to see where that pitching staff could go for EP the rest of the year. So I'm going to move them up to number two, Washington at number three. Um, I, I think I put Dunlap at four, uh, slide them up a spot uh, with Pekin. I think that's very close there. Uh, I put I put P- Limestone at six. 
Um, and then Canton 7, Morton 8. Uh, it's kind of what we're looking at right now. That whole bottom there only separated by a couple games and kind of tough. And again, Limestone, you might think, oh, well, 0-6, you got to put them at number 8. Again, very dangerous at 0-6. Four of those six losses by one, by one score here in league play. Uh, so that is not the uh, last place team in the conference. Literally, they are. Uh, but in terms of when you actually look, break down that team, I don't think that that's true to their form, per se, in terms of who they really are. Uh, so that's why I put Limestone 6, Canton 7, Morton 8. Uh, so it's kind of where we're looking at. We're nearly at the halfway point. Limestone and Canton actually almost are. Uh, most of the other rest of the, actually all the other teams in the conference have played five games. So we're almost to that halfway point. Um, our next postgame episode tomorrow, Season 1, Episode 27, If Everybody Does Play, uh, will be normal community at Metamora. Uh, that, of course, is a home game for the Redbirds, uh, so it'll be different um, as opposed to tonight's format. Uh, it'll just be my thoughts on the game, some stats, uh, Coach Linder and a player pending result of the game, um, and another look around the conference. I don't think too many other teams, if anybody plays uh, tomorrow, so... Might be kind of a funky episode tomorrow if everybody does play. So, bit of an interesting situation tomorrow. Uh, hope hope the weather cooperates. I thought we were just getting on a clean bill of health uh, from uh, Mother Nature, but that may, that may have been short-lived here over these next couple of days. We'll have to find out. Uh, so, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Again, the feature game of this episode, Metamora shuts out Limestone on the road this afternoon, 7 to nothing. Uh, to move to 14 and three overall and four and one in the league, uh, planning on the next post game episode to be Metamora hosting Normal Community tomorrow afternoon. Excited to talk about that one, Lady Iron. Um, three and zero in frankly a little bit of a weaker Big 12 conference, but I think Normal Community that doesn't take away that they're a pretty good ball club. Three and zero in that Big 12 and a deceptive sub 500 record. Uh, but they're always a tough out, uh, so I'm anxious to see if that game does happen tomorrow, how it pans out, and you'll you'll know that you'll get a full breakdown of that game right here uh, sometime tomorrow night. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. It's been another episode of the Middle on Ice Softball Podcast. So long. Mm-hmm.